I don't think you get through this life without having the experience of grieving. And it's actually this unarticulatable gratitude for a soul that has been with you. I hope you will consider joining me for Rebirth 2023, my most popular annual course. It kicks off on January 16th, and over two weeks, I will be bringing you various teaching modules on renewing your soul and charting your path. The experience includes exclusive channeled transmissions from my guides, the Zs, many delivered live, Qigong from Stephen Washington, a live Q&A, a community forum, support resources, and some special guest teachers and bonus content. To learn more, see the link below and use the code IMPACT10 for a 10% discount. Welcome to Impact the World, where today I got to sit down in studio for a very special conversation with Jean Trebek. We cover many different things in this show, everything from Jean's interest in spirituality and metaphysics and how that showed up in her life, also her philanthropic work with her foundation, and we also speak about the very personal nature of grief and how it's different for all of us as it relates to Jean losing her late husband, Alex Trebek, two years ago. So stay tuned for the show and you can learn more about Jean's work and the work she has been curating with Alison Martin at insidewink.com. But for now, enjoy this conversation with Jean Trebek. Jean, thank you so much for being here today. It's, it's really lovely to get to meet you in person because I got to do your Inside Wink show not that long ago, but this is our first time meeting face to face. So thank you for being here. It's my pleasure and my honor. I feel like this is a little surreal getting to see you in person because I've seen you so many times on YouTubes and followed your amazing messages. And uh, and it's so here I am and I'm loving this. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you for being here. And, you know, I mean, there are many different things I'd love to talk to you about today. I think I'm going to start with metaphysics and spirituality because hmm. I'm curious how that came into your life. And I know that Inside Wink is a website mm -hmm. and a body of work that you and Alison have been creating now for many years and it's going to live on. And that's how I got to meet you. But right. I know that your personal connection to spirituality and metaphysics started earlier than that. So, yeah, would you mind sharing with us how and when spirituality found mm -hmm. you? Well, I think uh, I've always been someone that was drawn, drawn to, there's my New York accent, drawn, <laughs> drawn to uh, spirituality, probably because my childhood was uh, a little stressed or a lot stressed. I should say, and um, I was a very sensitive little girl growing up. I took solace in nature. I wasn't a great student. I did okay, maybe high, a B, 
you know, and, um, but my brother was very sick when I was a little girl, and a lot of the focus and attention was on my brother. Um, he had, a, he had uh, hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain. Mm. And back in 1963, he um, pretty much, he was born and the doctors told my parents that this child pretty probably will not make it. So I was born in a family already walking on a lot of eggshells, uh, financial hardships, just, you know, what the cost of caring for a child mm. and all the the care that that took and um, after 18 years and I think my brother had maybe over 20 brain surgeries that he he passed away at a car accident mm. and um, but even when I was little I remember going to my first communion and thinking uh, oh I just, I love Jesus and I love Mary. And I was raised Catholic, but I, I didn't feel very um, drawn so much to go to church, but I had like my own relationship with, with, with Jesus and, and Mary. And um, so I think that's where I went to, to, to find my own peace of peace and um, you know my parents did, did the best they could uh, but I think also being again a very sensitive little girl uh, I just required for like my environment for growing up was challenging mm. um, so as I grew you know I developed certain tendencies which probably was not great an eating disorder as called bulimia, mm. and um, you know, just dealt with that. And I truly had a miraculous healing because I remember praying. I went to an energy healer, and this was like in my 30s now, and I was married to Alex and I had my kids, but secretly every now and then throwing up my food. It did get better um, as I got older, and but, um, and I, felt like a divine feminine presence around me. And I really was healed from that desire to, to binge and purge. purge yeah. But, um, and I just was so taken with the power of love and the power of, of God. I, I call this universal power, the source, the creator of life, God. So I, I knew that it was true, in fact, and I knew that there was so much more to life than just what we see with our physical eyes. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was the beginning. And um, I owned a flower shop. And when that sold, I uh, went to school to become a spiritual practitioner, which I love still love with religious science, which is not Scientology, it's right. uh, science of mind, which kind of bridges, it, it incorporates science and spirituality, not that the two um, are separate from each other, but, but that, you know, it's, it's both. It's, and it's great when you see that bridge. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm a huge champion of The Course in Miracles. Uh, and I 
you know, try to more specifically do do what the practice it in my day day to day life. I, I am not perfect by any stretch, but I give it my best. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you. And it's so interesting because we we haven't really a, apart from the time I was interviewed by you and Alison, we've never really spoken. True. Or, apart from a few messages. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you and I share the bulimia story. So that was interesting. But I also, what I'm struck by listening to you is the thing I remember thinking about you when I met you on that Zoom interview, mm -hmm. you have a lot of angelic energy. That's how I experience you and how I experience people. And people who in, have a lot of angelic energy, they tend to be very connected, uh, usually to nature and, and the more ephemeral mm -hmm. um, and often we have, you know, issues with sensitivity that show up usually in childhood. So I think that's quite common for many sensitives. Mm -hmm. But this angelic connection that you have, it doesn't surprise me that you felt connected to Jesus and Mary. And that's how I experience yeah. you anyway. So interesting to hear that Course in Miracles was one of the one of the the, the things that found you. Yeah, and I love that you say that it found me when I was really so really devoting myself to dedicating my, my attention and focus to the Course in Miracles, I would, it, it, I would wake up in the morning and it was the first thing that I did. And it wasn't like I had to do it. It, it, was, mm. re it was reading me and I look at my book now and, you know, it's all underlined and, and I go, wow, I remember you know, waking up early in the morning and I couldn't wait to get to the Course in Miracles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful. And so. then did you start to put spiritual and wellness work out into the world when you met Alison Martin? Because I know you guys mm -hmm. met 18 years ago, Alison right. was saying earlier. Did that happen before or around that time? I'm curious when for you it became a passion to, to, to put that out into the world too and be a champion of it in the world. Right. I think it was, I mean, Alison definitely was at the inception of me really embracing a more um, public. I was just pretty much in my office and reading and everything like that. And, uh, but when I decided to hold a study group of The Course in Miracles, we were six women that every Monday morning we sat around my kitchen table and we would read The Course in Miracles. I think it took us almost five years to go around the table and we each took like a little paragraph and we read it. And, uh, you know, so that was the beginning of, and I was going to school at that time. So it was all sort of culminating and started in my 40s. Mm, yeah. Mm. And then Inside Wink is the, umbrella that you and Alison right. created to to put this work out into the world. Well, right. I, I know that that's, uh, that's a journey that you are now resting on a little. So mm -hmm. all of the material will be there and everything that you've created can be found at the website. But um, what was that journey like? I know you're great friends, you and Alison, and you're yeah. very close, but what was it like to work in partnership to create good news <laughs> in the world, which we need, right? And, yeah. and, and good things for people to engage with. It was amazing. I mean, to work with Allison is, is, is a great joy. She's, she's 
one of the funniest people I know. That I can She's agree with. She's very authentic. She has a heart of gold. She's very smart. Um, she makes me feel safe to go to places where I haven't allow, allow myself to go. So that's the beautiful thing of having a friend that, you know, kind of knows your salt, you know, where you're a little, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah. come on, you can do yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a huge blessing. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I'd love to ask you about, if, if I may, is Alex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Alex and your, your children earlier. When, when I first heard from you about doing Inside Wink, the podcast, right. I wasn't familiar with you. But a couple of my team members immediately said, oh, you know, Jean is, is Alex Trebek's wife. Mm -hmm. And Ale I, it was explained to me that Alex and Jeopardy is a huge show here in America, but I've only lived here for 10 years. So I'd never seen it. But I know that you lost him a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm imagining that your partnership with him, which was a 30 year marriage, huge influence on everything you do and who you are. And yeah. I wondered, how how has it been for you and the family the last couple of years just adjusting to this mm -hmm. new new time and new life if you don't mind me asking no not at all um you know i think it's been uh it has is high moments and it's definite low moments uh my kids are young adults matthew's 31 emily's 29 so in one way um you know, they're, they were, they're not little children. Mm. So, so, and Alex's illness, we all had time to prepare for it. But I think, you know, grieving is such a personal, a personal movement of life that you experience very individual. And I think it's very reverent in that way because I don't think you get through this life without having the experience of grieving. And it's actually that phrase, it's cut like a knife. It's, it's that. And then it's also this unarticulatable gratitude for a soul that has been with you. And that brings tears too. So, mm. so. Um, yeah, and we were married 30 years and losing Alex was a shock, but I was prepared in that him and I spoke before and now, um, it, it's sort of like for me learning to walk again mm. or not like it's hard to explain, but I, he's always with me. I always, I do feel him sometimes more than others. Um, and our, our relationship was very soulful. And because I was not into show business, um, I think we, we really, as most long-term partnerships, I think we really came to, together to to do a lot of clearing and healing and really um, make each other into the best human, you know, we, we could be. Hmm. So. 
And I know he's a very beloved figure、mm. here. So, is is it strange to be having your own personal grief as a family, and then also there is this very public grief and relationship?、Yeah. Is is that a, a a comforting thing, or is that sometimes strange? Or I, I wonder what that's like. Right. I mean, I think、uh, for the children and I, it it was comforting to know that you know people all over the world were. Sending their their love, and I could actually feel it, and、mm. yet it it was challenging. I think it took quite a while for the dust to settle, for our own feelings to to percolate up. I、yeah. think、uh, we were sort of buried under a lot of well wishes, well meaning, and it was, you know, just. The, the fact of his career that he was so well known and and who he, how he, how he was in the world, how he as Allison says how he moved in the world,、mm-hmm. you know he,、um, and I was sharing with Wendy how much he he loved doing Jeopardy, he loved being the host of the show. He woke up at five o'clock every morning and was very. I can't, you know. He loved going to work. So, yeah, I think the his fans got to see Alex grow, grow from a man in his, you know, mid forties into a man to his eighties, and.、Uh, and he was working、yeah. right to the end, right? Right to the very、wow. end, literally.、Wow. Yeah. I think five, four or five days. Yeah, was the last, you know, and it was what kept him.、Hmm. Going, and how long、yeah. did you have as a family and and him too? To how long was the period from knowing that he had a terminal illness to to when he was no longer here in the physical? So I believe it was about a year, a, a little more than a year and a half that、okay. we that we had our time together, and we had we were with the COVID. Was happening to all of us,、yeah. so in a way that was a blessing because it forced Matthew to come, you know, and live with us, and so we, you know, we had enough space in the house that we had Emily and Matthew and Emily, Alex, and、um, in that in that way it was good, but、uh, it was also challenging. Alex was getting very sick and. You know, I could not go in the hospital. I would literally drop him off at the、mm. drop off, and he would be taken upstairs by his doctor. And、mm. um, but he he gave it his all,、mm. you know. And I remember Lee that I was sitting out in this on a swing. We have a we had a swing where we used to live, and <clears throat> it was maybe like two months before he passed. And I asked him. So, what's it like? What's it? How are you feeling? What's it like to feel like you right now? And he goes, "What's it like to feel like me?" And he says, "Awful." And I said, "Yeah." And I, I, I didn't feel the need to change it.、Mm-mm. You know, I just sat with him on the swing, and I pretty much knew he was. I. In, I was like, oh, I really feel we're we're winding. He's、mm. he's wrapping up、mm. his time here.、Mm. Um, so 
Thank you for yeah. sharing some of that. Mm. And I really appreciate what you said about grief being so individual. It, it's funny, one of the things that has come through in a lot of my messages uh, over the years, intuitive messages over the last few years and my mm -hmm. guides, they've talked about grief being a really big part of this decade that we're in. And, and we're having to learn how to be with grief as mm -hmm. a society in a new way. And I think what you share is so true. It's so incredibly personal. And I, it's so hard, isn't it? Because sometimes you see people with, with a response to other people's grief process kind of rushing in and throwing a lot of emotion at yeah. people. And you, you think they might not need that right now, you know? And I, I think it, it's such a, it is such a personal state that I think we all have to honor that truth and let people grieve the way they're grieving and let them right. you know be where they are and 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 just and just honor that it's a it's a delicate state that you go into when when grief is with you but it, it's not a predictable state either right right i that's so true because you and especially for your the close friends i mean i'm sure my friends were like do we do we shower her with food do we never leave mm. her alone do we or do we give her space how much space do we mm -hmm. give her what do we say and and um i'm in generally a general i generally like to be more i'm a more private and more independent on my processing of my own feelings mm. so um so i guess i'm more of an introvert in that mm -hmm. way um, Alex actually is more extrovert. He likes to be around people if he's not feeling good. I like to more retreat into my own quietness. Yeah. But um, I think the grieving is, it's still there. There are times that I'll see a photo of Alex or something and I'll just cry for, mm -hmm. you know, I just cry. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it is, I don't want to say it's a, it's just something that it means that you've loved a lot. And I think mm. Queen Elizabeth said something to that effect when Philip, you know, we were talking about mm. the crown when Philip mm -hmm. passed, you know, grieving is the price you pay for having loved. Mm -hmm. And I think also my knowingness that Alex is just not his body that he is this consciousness that is eternal is helped me to remember the truth of his true divine reality. Mm. And he could, you know, that he's not just gone, like there, there is this force of the soul of Alex that is eternal. Mm. And I think it's really beautiful to, to know that our friends, when I think of my children, my Allison, just that they're not just their bodies, that, that we are far more than that. We, we have bodies, you know, they're great communication tools, but, you know. And there's a, course, there's a phrase from The Course of Miracles that says, love never dies, it changes form. Hmm. So that, that's been a good, something I can hold on to. I love so much about a few things you just said. One of the things that hits me, and this is something that my guide said many, many years ago in, in a, a workshop room, and it really hit me. It, it was like I understood it for the first time. They said that we're not 
we're not just us. We are composites of every soul that we're, we've ever interacted with and, mm -hmm. and that we carry the imprint of every influential soul and we have become who we've become because of them. So, you know, I, I think about that with any of our loved ones who have yeah. passed on. Do they leave a space in us to become a little bit more who they were to us or perhaps someone else comes along who plays that out? But while I was listening to you, I had a memory a few weeks ago, I went to an ecstatic dance class in Los Angeles. It was the first time I'd been physically in, in the room for one of those since pre-COVID, so almost three years, I think. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment. My father passed in late April, 2020, and uh, he was 83. And I just had this moment where I'm dancing and everything's moving through my body. And all of a sudden, I just get this picture of him in my mind from mm -hmm. a photo. And just the tears just came and started moving through me. And um, I just let it move and it was like, I literally said out loud inside myself, I miss you. And then I heard very la quickly and loudly, I'm here. And I was like, huh? And then all of a sudden, it, and it, he, he wasn't like interfering with my natural grief process that he's no longer here in the physical. So it wasn't that, but then I just felt this massive angelic wraparound behind my back. And, and in that moment, I was like, yeah, both are true. Like I can miss him on the physical and when that comes and when I mm -hmm. can't engage with him the way I used to, I'll feel that and that will move. But equally, there's a consciousness of him now that's around me in a way that it never was before. And it took about a year for that to appear, which I hear is not uncommon. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's such an interesting journey, isn't it? The, yeah. The soul and the human. And it's so, so true. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I love that you had that experience. I think people, a lot of people when they lose a loved one, or not lose, but well, you know, a loved one passes and they want a sign and they want a proof that, you know, like, give me a sign that you're, you know, and, and it's great when you get the signs, but when you don't get the signs, mm. it's like, you know, a lot. I've, I've noticed people go into doubt or, you know, but it, it, I think it's, I think when you're still, but let's see, you weren't still, you were dancing. So I think That's when the you're thing. I was not moving thinking, my energy and yeah. so something unlocked, I right, think. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that ecstatic dancing is is a great way to if you're feeling stuck in your life like you can't you know, the mm -hmm. same old same old I think doing a dance just turning on some music and and start moving your body I I've heard that's great it's really yeah. good and it does it does I'll speak for myself it puts you in touch with parts of yourself that are just hidden buried mm -hmm. unaccessed and they can move and they they pop yeah. open you know that i don't think that would have happened to me in that way at all on that yeah. day if if i hadn't been moving things so right mm. yeah see we're all so different whatever makes yeah. whatever you know yeah. and that's why we shouldn't compare which i actually do a lot of i'm like oh you do that oh i should do that <laughs> i'm like gene stop doing that to yourself you know 
You do you. Yeah, yeah, and、you、that's the、you. thing, isn't it? That we all have to. I think we're just also influenced by everyone else's thoughts and、yeah. feelings, and it's like a constant journey of refine who you are in this moment、right. and find where you're connected and find where you're、right. not and be okay with all of it. That's the yeah. That's the constant challenge or rebalancing challenge. I think. Yeah. I I do too, and I think, <clears throat> like for, for when I started meditating, and you know, you would hear. Well, you know, I saw the light, and you know, I had this feeling, this sensation, and I, I got nothing.、Right. I got, what am I having for dinner? How is that salmon gonna be? <laughs> you know, I get no- so. Do you meditate now?、Um, I sit in, in. You know, for me, meditation is just being in, being quiet with myself. I call it more soul time,、uh, just time that I. Don't think about planning or just just time just to be. And I'm with you. Yeah, I, I have not yet ever had a formal meditation、mm-hmm. practice. There are certain things I've tried, and、yeah. but actually, for me, honestly, if I sit in silence and look at a wall, right, <laughs> a lot moves. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, things are moving, things、That's、are changing,、right. and I, you know, if I if I just let them float rather than. Try and organize them or get involved with them. Yes, that, that's kind of what、right. works for me. We are all so different, and there are different different ways for all of us. Right, that's so true. One thing I'd love to ask you about,、mm-hmm. and I know this is something that you and Alex really did together, but、mm-hmm. I, I, it's been a very big part of your life is your philanthropy work.、Mm-hmm. So, I know that you've been able to bring a lot of change and a lot of support to many different areas. How did that start? And 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 you know, I, I want to ask you. It's a very simple question.、Yeah. What, what does what was that like for you? Because that's a that's a lovely position to be in to be able to、yeah. bring your support and your advocacy. Right. Yeah. And I just wondered what that what that journey's been like. Well, I think、um, when Alex and I realized that we had extra money to 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 donate. We knew it was prudent to have a foundation, so so that we were just weren't like writing, and we didn't know, you know, how much did you give? How much、mm-hmm, did you give?、Mm-hmm. Because we we were both very、uh, generous in heart,、mm-hmm. and we both wanted to give back. So we started with the foundation, and、um, I would say the first big. Organization that we championed was World Vision,、mm. and、um, and Alex had done that before we were even married. He was a spokesperson for World Vision, and I know that Alex was really believed in that phrase: "Too much is given, much is much is accept, you know, expected." Yeah. But not, and it, and I in no mean, and in no way do I mean it has to always be. Financially,、mm-hmm. you know, because I think that's such a perception, an erroneous and limited perception. Because we can give so much, just of our, you know, our deliberate consciousness through our thought, words, and deeds.、Mm. Um, and、um, but for us, we started off with World Vision, and we took a few trips to Africa. Um, some with our children and some not, and we helped some schools in Africa. And、um, right now, the f- the first、uh, thing that's on our plate for World Vision is、um, 
helping dissolve uh, female genital mutilation, mm. which is a mm. form of uh, rite of passage that they use to yeah. prepare girls for marriage. And so World Vision is really trying to turn this tradition around, which is not easy because you have these elders and and you don't want to go in and go, hi, we think you're wrong and mm -hmm. follow, you know, and mm -hmm. it has, it's a very delicate process, but uh, it's working. And what's beautiful, Lee, is that the men of in Africa are realizing this is not what they want for their daughters and their sisters. That's and great. Um, so that's that's some work that World Vision, a small part, you know, World Vision's doing so much more, but that's what I'm specifically looking into. And um, and I just think it's, it's uh, really great to see these charities evolve and, and knowing that we all have this beautiful uh, rippling effect. Mm. I don't know. I just do, I do what I can and then I let, I let it go. Mm. But it's nice to hear, you know, it's nice to, to hear the healing work that's being done. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. How, okay, I'm gonna ask you a, a ridiculously massive question, but I'm compelled <laughs> to. How are you feeling about life, the world, and where we're going? Hmm. I don't know why I'm well, throwing that one at you, Jean. Well, uh, We're recording this know, at the end of 2022, and I think it will come out near right. in 2023. You know, I think, human I mean there's different levels but yeah at, at a human consciousness we are we are I really think we are moving in the right direction I feel we are exposing a lot of hidden beliefs mm. that are coming up to the surface and um, and I think yes it's 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 it doesn't look pretty but I do believe that there is um, you know, I'm a huge fan of love always wins. And I do feel that um, we are, we are purging a lot. And it's, and it's, it's like a detox, like when someone goes through a detox, it's not, doesn't always look great. Yeah. And we, we as humans have really allowed our beliefs to be very separate from from God, from love, and we're we're seeing it. But I I do think it's turning around. Hmm. I think people like you, what you're doing, you know, we're just we're pouring good into it. So it's like we're not. There's no judgment. We're just all in this together. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but for me, it's it's always the small moments that mm -hmm. hearten me. It's yeah. it's meeting someone you're in a shop or a store, or and you just meet someone and you see them either toward you or towards someone else. This beautiful act of kindness, right. or you hear what a friend did for another friend, and like mm -hmm. that to me is that thread of love that runs through humanity. Right. It doesn't mean you're going to see it in everybody because maybe not everybody is at this moment in their life capable of leaning into it. But right. it's it's such a magnetic and joyous energy, like when you see it or when right. you're on the receiving end of it or when you can give it. I mean it's yeah. that to me is that to me is the the strength not 
that we can hold through all of this as we go through it. Right, right. And I think we have to really know that, that we're capable of healing this, the, this trauma that we've mm. all been going through. You know, mm. we don't, you know, it's, it's, I think that's the medicine is that we're, we're allowing love to, to take hold and to permeate these situations. You, you brought up the word trauma, which I think is a word that is still very new, like mm -hmm. in how much we're hearing the word trauma now mm -hmm. and the idea that we're seeing there is trauma underneath the behaviors that previously have just been judged as behaviors. You know, I think right. if you go back 10, 15 years, there were behaviors going on in the world, but no one was really diagnosing, well, where did that behavior come from? Why is someone attacking that person in that way? What's their trauma? Right. And I feel like we're at this very early stage of unpacking the trauma in all the different groups and all the different countries and all the different areas. And it really is the very beginning of it all. Yeah. So it's quite confronting. And, and as you kind of said, not easy all the time, but on a, on a bigger scale, and this is what my guides say, mm -hmm. this is the journey of the, the healing and, and the purging, different kind of purging than what you and I were yeah. talking about, the, <laughs> right. the kind of purging right. that we may have engaged in, you know, decades ago, but it's kind of the same, yeah. kind of the same, the same process. Right. Messy, difficult, but leading somewhere. Right. Do you, Lee, do, your, do you know if the Z's are, have, what, what's their take, do you think, on a child, a baby being mm. born, do they come in as pure consciousness, or do they come in with with um, already um, trauma from from another life? They've said a couple different things. So they've said that basically kids will come in, uh, and some kids will know they're not coming in for long. Mm -hmm. And they say that any of us have what they call exit points. There might be a reason or a series of events that right. makes the soul go, oh, I'm going to leave now at 55. And they say that's always for the good of everybody. They mm -hmm. say you don't die just by yourself. You die at a time that it's going to be the most pertinent for all the people around you. And it's going to have the the the, the most positive effect, which is a strange thing to say when you think of the grief that we go through mm -hmm. when we lose loved ones. As for trauma, they say a couple different things. They say that you can come in as a soul and carry some of your past life trauma with you deliberately to clear it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that when you reincarnate, you come with the trauma of all your past lives. You literally choose one or two and you bring it with you and you go to a family or a birth group that or and and a place so it can be a very specific country with a very specific energy mm -hmm. template that you will go there to not only try and work through that for yourself but you will be the vessel of healing that on the planet too then the other thing they say is that the time that we're born is key so and the place so for example i was born in 1976 england mm -hmm. in birmingham so Whatever was going on in England, in Birmingham in 1976, there was some confluence of my soul and the energy imprint of that place that the minute you land and the minute you, you know, come out of the, your, your mother's body, um, you immediately engage with the trauma of that place as well as the light. 
So it's twofold, but we can come in, this is what they say, mm -hmm. we can come in and carry certain traumatic events from past life history with us that are going to be useful not only to our growth journey, but also we will leave a trail of healed imprint behind us, which is why healing is never just personal. Mm -hmm. You know, our energy, our, a healed energy field basically can have the encoding for another person. So that's why we're often inspired, like I'll think of people I know who, who are in recovery, they will say, oh my God, I gravitated towards him in my early recovery because he had recovered and he was living a happy life. So I gravitated to him because he held the formula of going from rock bottom with addiction to coming out the other side. So energetically, we can feel that in each other. So that's what they say we're doing all the time. We're mm -hmm. healing personal trauma or karma and we're also healing the karma and the trauma of the place we were born at the time we were born for the whole planet. So wow. that, that's a potted <laughs> from no, how I can remember that's, it. That's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So we're busy down here. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so busy. Thank God I, we can we can thank God we can find, seek and nurture light and love. I love um, that you say it. that's to kind beautiful. Of balance, yeah. balance the ups and downs of life and the world, and it's so crucial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for being mm -hmm. here and for doing that in your own journey, and thank you for sharing some of your journey with us today. It's been it's been lovely to get to know a bit more of you, and I know that various things that you have shared and that we've talked about are going to resonate with people. So thank you, Jean. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's and for an anyone honor. who wants to check out inside wink where you now have all of this work stored we will yes. put the links in the show notes but Beautiful. Uh, would you share the website with with the listeners and the viewers sure it's insidewink.com and i'm curious how did you and allison come up with that name that was all allison yeah all allison i don't hurt you know her angels or her higher self were like inside wink brilliant just brilliant. meaning the goodness within beautiful is shining is beautiful expressing outward well i know you two are taking a, a, a pause at this moment on inside wink but i don't know yeah. i something tells me that it's not done yet there's some reformation or something in the years yeah. to come i don't know so i think reformation's a great yeah. great term yeah thank you for that yeah. lee yeah well thank yeah. you and uh lots of love Jean. thank you much love. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we will put all of these show notes in the notes below. If you're watching or if you're listening uh, on whatever platform you're listening on, check out the notes for the show. Thanks for tuning in to Impact the World. If you do enjoy the show, we are an independent, self-funded show, so it means the world if you subscribe or leave a review. And we will see you next time. Take care. I hope you can join me for Rebirth 2023. This will be our sixth year of holding a Rebirth experience in January. And it's something that I originally created because I recognize that the end of a year and the beginning of a new year is a very potent and fertile time for us to let go of what we have walked through and call in what we would like to call in for the year ahead. So as well as practical and grounded guidance around how we do that and open to that, I also bring in my guides who will be very specifically working with the energy of 2023 and what we are about to walk into to help us center, ground, but also call in 
what it is that we want to next create. The Rebirth experience is very multidimensional. We have everything from Qigong, to dance, to channeling, to grounded teaching, to energy exercises, to meditations, to music. We try and bring you as much as we possibly can in as rounded an experience as we can offer so that you can really immerse yourself in one of the themes for this year, which is renew your soul. It's something we all need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So a huge focus of Rebirth this year is renew your soul. And the other side of it is chart your path, helping you to map out the year that you're walking into with intention, with clarity, and with joy. So we look forward to you joining us for Rebirth 2023, where you can renew your soul and chart your path.